Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hola, Ben. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Thank you so much for listening. We have another fantastic episode for you. The bulk of it will be on Donald Trump's big announcement that he made yesterday. And do you know the speech was good because no one was allowed to leave by physical <laughs> force. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to start the conversation off with the introduction of Donald Trump because there's something about this video <laughs> that is so powerful, poignant, and it's not being discussed at all. What was the song that Donald Trump and his Stockholm Syndrome afflicted wife walked out to to announce that he is running for president again. It was a song from the hit Broadway musical Les Mis entitled Do You Hear the People Sing? What are the lyrics? We'll get into it, but let's play Donald Trump uh, weirdly walking to the stage. (laughs) He's walking in. It's a series of sycophants with their cell phones up, apparently not realizing that the entire thing is being recorded. Right. So it's okay. It sounds like something that Vladimir Putin would walk out to in the Kremlin (laughs) to announce that he's going to war with another foreign country. It's a dictator's tune, to say the least. Mm. Please welcome the next president and first lady of the United States of America. President Whoa. J. Trump, accompanied by Mrs. Melania Trump. Woo! And there we go. <laughs> open, open with Les Mis, close with Glenn Glee, with, with what's the name of this guy? Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. He's yes. a great American, and everyone who wrote Les Mis, they are great Americans in my. They're great French fries. They're good. I, they go with a good burger. You can't have a good burger without French fries. And that's why I like Lean Greenwood. And you put it with lame is. I know, and then, Donald. And then that's how you know my crowd is truly miserables. 
(laughs) (laughs) The ultimate irony is the vast majority of people who vote for Donald Trump fancy themselves to be the working man. Some of them aren't, but some of them may be. Donald Trump pretends to be a fighter for the working man, but this dude loves Broadway more than any person (laughs) on the face of the planet. He loves Broadway more than that dude who made that hit musical Hamilton, which I don't fully understand why people thought it was good, but that's beyond my pay grade. And if you liked it, congratulations. The man is such a spoiled, pompous, rich bitch from Queens. And the idea that he can relate to anyone who has remotely come close to struggling in their lives is ultimately truly and utterly hilarious. So let's break down some of the lyrics (laughs) to do you hear the people sing? Mm. Do you hear the people sing? Singing the song of angry men. Mm. It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. Okay. It goes on. Will you join in our crusade? Also, by the way, Donald Trump, he was never a slave. Um, But anyway, (laughs) right. It goes on. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me beyond the barricade? Is there a world you long to see? Hmm. It's a powerful message from a very weak man. <laughs> it's a fascinating choice because I can see him listening to the Les Mis soundtrack mm-hmm. as he stares in the mirror, combs mm-hmm. his weird ass hair, stares mm-hmm. at a half eaten chicken nugget. As he watches Fox News praise Ron DeSantis and he just oh. openly cries and he just says, why? Why have they hated me? Why have they turned on me? And it's because he is such an unbelievable up his own ass wannabe dictator. What do you guys think when it comes to the announcement? How did it go? And did it accomplish what Donald Trump wanted to accomplish, which was to change the narrative Mm. after the disastrous Republican midterms. My God, he's trying to change the narrative faster than a, in a family vacation car when they got to change the radio station from Mm. Les Miserables song to a Lee Greenwood song. (laughs) I remember that. It's like you're scanning for radio stations. And that's what a Donald Trump rally soundtrack looks like. None of the songs go together. Just like Donald Trump's, Politics no longer go with this country, or dare I say, as we've talked about in the last episode in the last few weeks, no longer with the Republican Party. The Republican Party is ready to say, I'm turning this car around, Mm. and they're putting on, uh, I don't know, Mick Jagger or something, some more fun. They want to desanitize the party from Donald Trump, and of course, when it comes to policy, DeSantis holds many of the same policy points that Donald Trump held and still holds without all of the baggage. I would say of he's course even... he brings his own baggage but not quite the not quite what Donald Trump uh, has given the country. I agree with you on Ben on that, but I think actually he's worse. I feel like he's, you know, his attacks on LGBT community, his attack his Gestapo police, you know, mm. he's he's made even bigger moves. He's inspired by Trump. And please, it's the Gaspacho, please. We know exactly <laughs> yum, yum, what yum. it is. Thank you, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't recall saying that. I don't recall. I know you don't recall a lot. According to former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who again is now turning on Donald Trump because Donald Trump is no longer politically viable. At the very least, people who are in charge of the GOP are going to be pushing that narrative until proven otherwise. And who knows what happens? 
obviously 2015, 2016 taught us to never, ever um, misjudge exactly where people in this country are thinking or what they're thinking. But Mike Pompeo says that he does not want a leader any longer who claims victimhood. This is what Pompeo wrote, wrote on Twitter. He says, we need more seriousness, less noise, and leaders who are looking forward, not staring in the rear view mirror, claiming victimhood, which I can only imagine uh, is exactly what that, which I can only imagine that Les Mis song is exactly what you would listen to when you are looking in the rear view mirror as you mm. slowly leave the home <laughs> of your current wife soon to be your ex-wife after you realize she's not taking you back as you barged in on her having sex with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> oh my God. Now you said that was Mike Pompeo. Yeah. Who said that. And of course, last show we covered Mike Pence. Is he losing all the mics? If he's losing all the GOP mics, if he loses Mike Lindell, it's over. Ooh. He might just be losing all the mics. So when it comes to Donald Trump and every single thing that he says, he is against again, There's a new article out regarding what he did in office when it comes to utilizing the IRS. Uh, Donald Trump has said he wanted the IRS to get on, of course, attacking former political um, enemies. This is according to one-time House Chief of Staff John Kelly. Uh, This is what he says. He says, I would say it's appropriate, it's illegal, it's against their integrity, and the IRS knows what they're doing, and it's not a good idea. That's what Kelly told Donald Trump when he said, why can't the IRS just go investigate and audit all of my political foes? So expect more of that as Donald Trump continues now that, as Fernando mentioned on the last episode, his coalition has cracked and it has been separated and split. If you look at the poll that we discussed last week or on last episode, rather, in Texas, Ron DeSantis, they say in a matchup, theoretical head-to-head matchup, DeSantis is up by 11 percentage points against Donald Trump. And we'll see if this kind of commercial populism ends up resonating again. I mean, how can anyone believe a word that this man says at this point? Right. It's phony populism as uh, demonstrated by the... uh, Terrible Broadway song of choice here with this. I mean, my God, I don't know how people buy it. I'm going to go ahead and throw in the two cents that I heard in a diner in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm going full New York Times on this. You know me. I hang out in Ohio. I like to listen in on other people's conversations. And sure enough, (laughs) I heard a lovely group of working class, maybe mafia guys talking well before the show you did say not maybe you said they were mob guys (laughs) they were 100 percent mob guys i'm gonna say but i'm gonna say while we're recording on the show that maybe they were mafia guys because we don't actually know except they definitely probably were so (laughs) from that stance what i have to say is that these guys were talking during trump's announcement as trump was rolling out with the uh les miserables soundtrack his new presidential ambitions for 2024. These guys were saying that they prefer Ron DeSantis and they think the Republic, uh, Republican Party is going to be torn apart by Donald Trump's announcement and that the only people this really benefits is Joe Biden and the Democrats. And like we've been talking about on this show, again, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, if this is really going to be the man-to-man combat that we think it is while Mike Mm. Pompeo and Mike Pence are kind of waiting in the wings for their chance to spring. That could also happen too. DeSantis and Trump could weaken each other so much by bludgeoning 
each other throughout the primary that maybe a Mike Pence or a Mike Pompeo does sneak through. But we don't know from here. But from one thing that I've heard from other Republicans, and we've covered it again, Rupert Murdoch, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, from all the way to Chris Christie, who's still trying to lick that ketchup off of the wall, (laughs) Republicans are ready to turn the page on Donald Trump. Absolutely. And don't get Mike Pence too aroused with that man-to-man combat. (laughs) Okay, here, here. Mother, I'm sorry. Oh. My thoughts are building on this. Mike Pence, by the way, is also planning to run against Trump. He has no chance in fucking (laughs) hell. He has no chance, but he, again, he, he thinks, he believes. Uh, my 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 thoughts on this are evolving constantly and they've evolved just in this conversation i think Mm. ben earlier when you talked about trump's narcissism for me that's what hit it on the head i don't think he even cares about winning i think Mm. it now maybe it's just about narcissism and he's got 70 million dollars of campaign funds sitting Mm -hmm. in the bank he's got to do something with it he's got to eat for the next what Two years? Absolutely. It's no, it, it's simply uh, money laundering. And this is one of the ways that he could have access to that 70 million. Right. And by launching a new campaign, he can now grift even more and get even more millions of dollars from his millions of supporters into the same campaign coffers. I mean, it's kind of like when we were talking about Andrew Cuomo having all that extra money in his campaign coffers and he had to resign. And he didn't know what to do with it. He went and started a podcast. Mm-hmm. I would uh, recommend Donald Trump not do that, but also I don't know. Maybe take the seventy million, just give it back to your supporters. What a hero! That's what the people want. That's what they're singing about. Give me back my money. There you go. One of the other lyrics here from "Do You Hear the People Sing?" Will you give them all you can give so that our banner may advance? Mm. Some will fall and some will live. Oh, that's exciting. Uh. Will you stand up and take your chance? The blood of the martyrs will water the meadows. Of France. Oh, isn't well, that I exciting? I do love France. You know, for a brief moment, I thought you were talking literally about January 6th. That's mm-hmm. what this song <laughs> seems to be directly referencing until the France part. And then uh, I uh, I move on. I think this song is the most important part of the entire goddamn performance. I <laughs> right. really do. Because, right. again, this man is just a Broadway doughboy. Mm-hmm. He loves this stuff. Yep. And he knows the lyrics to this song. Yes. And that message in this song is exactly the message he wants to put forth. A resurgence, a phoenix rising from the ashes. Will you shed your blood for me again? Will you shed your blood on this sword for me once again? It is straight again out of a dumpy man's uh, wannabe dictator playbook. What else do dictators do? Well, when they give speeches, they don't let you leave. This is documented. A bunch of people were bored, right? Because he was reading off the teleprompter. Same thing he made fun of every single president for doing. But nonetheless, he also dissed Obama for having a weaponized IRS, despite the fact, again, that Donald Trump had a far more weaponized mm-hmm. IRS and DOJ. Look no further than what William Barr did to the protesters in 2020. So people are getting bored. They're literally dressed up like it's going to be some monster car event. Nothing wrong with monster trucks. Nothing wrong with monster cars. Nothing wrong with demolition derby. It's fine. Mm. They're wearing fun jackets. One person's jacket I saw, it looked like it was a wall. Oh, fun. Yeah, it looked like he was wearing bricks for the border. But he should have gone to the fucking southern border. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Donald Trump, this wall isn't where it's supposed to be. (laughs) So people are like, I'm bored. I want to go get drunk. I want to go do whatever. Cause you know, the hangover is starting to come in. 
There's nothing worse than when you have four beers and you have to stop for two hours. <laughs> nothing worse. Mm-hmm. They're trying to exit. And the gazpacho place that is Donald Trump's Secret <laughs> Service or whoever the hell was uh, running the doors here at this poorly orchestrated event said, no, you can't leave. It's worse than a television taping for Steve Harvey. You're forced to sit there and digest every single thing this man is saying. If you're running for office, what does that say to you? Mm. Like your first big speech back, you know, it was a little bit different than his initial announcement where he came down the escalator. Les Mis wasn't playing then. I think Lee Greenwood was, though. Mm. And all of a sudden, you just see people's backs as if you're the opening band for Metallica <laughs> in the 80s, and nobody wants to hear from you. They're waiting for the headliner, in this case, Metallica being, again, Ron DeSantis. Even oh. me, I, when I listened to the video as I was watching it live last night, it didn't all sound like happy jeers. A lot of it sounded like you know, angry and maybe some booze in there. Like, don't do it. You know? I think they were there for the craft services. <laughs> well, that's a very good point. I mean, if your audience can't last 24 minutes, how are they going to last the next 24 months? This seems like it's yep. doomed just on the rollout alone again. But to Fernando's point, will this stop the narcissism? Will this stop the urge to continue grifting off the millions of people who do financially still support his campaigns? Right. And of course, the billionaire class has said that they're not going to support him any longer and that will cut into some of his funds. But as we've talked about, there are sadly many people without Mm -hmm. massive economic means who are willing to give this man everything they have if they have anything left. Right, right. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ivanka Trump will also no longer be joining her father in this campaign. Now, Ivanka was one of the people, I suppose, that sort of lightened, kind of, I don't know, greased the wheels a little bit, rounded some edges that Mm -hmm. Donald Trump has. I agree. Mm -hmm. And now that she is no longer there, this is more of a skeleton crew than it was before. And his original campaign weighed about the same as Ann Coulter. So she says... I love my father very much. This time around, I am choosing to privatize my young children and the private life we are creating as a family. I do not plan to be involved in politics. And I don't know if she still does love her father because he has made her life a living hell. She added once again, similar to somebody with Stockholm syndrome. Well, I will always love and support my father. (laughs) Going forward, I will do so outside the political arena. I am grateful to have had the honor of serving the American people, and I will always be proud 
of the many accomplishments of our administration. So Ivanka is now gone. I'm surprised Melania was there. It's a bare bones (laughs) crew that Donald Trump is relying on. And now he no longer has the support of many people who held their nose and supported him in the past. So the question is, when he gets off the teleprompter, when does all of this just start spiraling out of control? When the polling numbers come in and he's not doing quite as well as he thought he might be doing, when does it all go down? When does mm. the earth truly become scorched? When does it? When is it fire season for the Trump campaign? One of the things that he has, I think, made a mistake on is announcing two years early because he yeah. has to spend a lot of money, a lot of time. The dude's an old man who is some completely fueled by nitrates. What if it all just crashes and burns even before the primary truly heats up? That's my pushback. I think he did this to get ahead of the competition. If again, well, of course, this is this is assuming that he actually does want this Republican nomination, and he's not just doing this for money. Assuming right. that he actually does want this presidency, he's trying to get ahead of all the other Republicans because now, say, name anyone, if they announce it, they're up against Trump. There, right. it's not Trump coming in second and going. No, now anyone going in, you're up against the boss who was already president and the guy who may or may not be in charge of the party. That is a very good point, Fernando. What this does is prioritizes the people who have already said they are with you and separates them from the people who now have to publicly say, like Chris Christie and Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo, that they're distancing themselves uh, from Donald Trump. I think we'll know that it's fully on its way out and it's in trouble when he starts coming out to the Weezer song, If You Want to Destroy My Sweater, because that's (laughs) when things are really going to start unraveling. I completely agree with that. As we're seeing with the Republican establishment, it's very difficult to unseat these people. Mitch McConnell was just reelected as the Republican Senate leader. Obviously, the Dems have the Senate and we'll see what happens in Georgia. I think it's exceptionally possible. It goes 51-49 with the Dems. But Mitch McConnell, 80 years old, has been elected as Senate Minority Leader for at least two more years. He was Ooh. facing opposition by Rick Scott. Uh, Rick Scott, I don't even know how to describe this vampire. I mean, the man looks like he can only eat after midnight. He is just (laughs) someone who is, if it's not covered in blood, he doesn't even want to look at it. Like, he is just such a disgusting, scary-looking ghoul of a man. Of course, also out of the state of Florida. But Mitch McConnell, able to hold on. Looks like Kevin McCarthy is going to be able to hold on to be Speaker of the House. The establishment of the Republican Party doesn't go away. The candidates do change. Mm -hmm. And I think Donald Trump coming in now, it's an entirely different battlefield. But we'll see if the Republicans decide to do what they did in 2015 and just have 25 people running on, you know, running for the presidency to the point where we had to have a B squad debate. Do you remember (laughs) when they did the A debates and then Lindsey Graham and Chris Christie all did the B debate and they all stood up there like a bunch of dildos that didn't know how to get hard? I mean, it was just (laughs) so embarrassing for them. That's why these they're such cucks. Anyway, go on, Travis. Well, no, you're absolutely right. That would be the way to for the establishment to make sure Donald Trump does not get through. And that is unite behind one anti-Trump candidate as opposed to 16. Right. That was the reason Trump got through right. in 2016 in the first place is because he was running against 16 other guys. And so when you're splitting up that anti-Trump vote, 
Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, how many more are going to get in and try to fight over those scraps of non-Trump loyalists? It could absolutely backfire on them again like it did in 2016. This is the political equivalent of the question. It's a hypothetical. Would you rather fight 25 little chickens or one big chicken? <laughs> a 25 foot chicken. <laughs> or one 25 foot chicken. And in 2015, they're like, let's take them out with little chickens. <laughs> I think that'll be able to trip them up. Little chickens didn't work. They need one big ass chicken. But as we know, uh, when it comes to a chicken fight, when you're uh, fighting for chicken scratch and you're wrestling around in human shit or or chicken shit, rather, <laughs> uh, oftentimes the dirtiest animal wins. And in this case, that is without a doubt Donald Trump. I want to play this clip from The Good Liars. We're talking about the entrance that Trump made. Again, it sounded very authoritarian. It sounded like a man who is desperate to hold on to power. Basically, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's requesting his supporters to bleed for him, which I'm not doing for any president. I'm sorry. Not into it. I'm just saying Melania stopped bleeding for me a long time ago. Yeah, I believe that she did. Uh, this is from Jason Selvig. Of course, Jason and Devram from The Good Liars. They go and they put their little boots on the ground. I don't think they wear boots. Maybe a little Adidas shoes. I'm not sure. <laughs> Seems like maybe he's uh, I could see New Balance on Selvig for oh. some reason. Um, this is a woman, she has got her Trump hat on, and this is her thoughts on Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin. Who would you rather have president, uh, Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin? Oh, Putin. What? Definitely. And, and, wh and why is that? Um, I believe he's been given a tough, uh, since, since World War II, uh, Russia's been the bad guy. When in actuality, the Nazis what? left Germany and they ended up going to the Ukraine, coming in here. George Bush was, was actually, thank you. George Bush was actually a Nazi. Well, you know, well, she was wow. right at the end there. So <laughs> this is the base. This is your Trump base again. Wow. Now they are more pro-Putin than they are America. That's a treasonous, traitorous, uh, that's definitely a traitor's uh, comment that she just yes. made. And, of course, it only is going to get more intense because Ukraine isn't going anywhere. The war, the war in Ukraine isn't going anywhere. And at this point, uh, new tech and big weapons manufacturers, they are dug in. They're mm -hmm. loving their new toys. Right. And that war is going to be happening for a long, long time. When it comes to Russia, they still have American prisoners over there specifically Brittany Griner. Mm -hmm. There was just an article that came out with Brittany Griner. She is now going to a new penal colony, uh, which sounds absolutely horrifying. Mm. It's going to be torturous, and she's going to be living in hell. And I really hope that Joe Biden is able to do something in order to free her and the other people over in, who are incarcerated in Russia as Vladimir Putin continues to expand Russia to be what he wanted it to be back in the day, the USSR, when that dismantled, it was the worst day of his life. It'll never come back, no matter how hard he tries. But this is the backdrop. And you wonder if those two missiles, apparently they were fired from Ukraine. Potentially, we don't fully know. There's so much misinformation mm -hmm. and it's so muddy. They were Russian-made missiles. Right. They ended up in Poland. 
whatever two people, whether it be killing two people, whether they came from Ukraine, whether they came from Russia, what it does remind us is missiles don't bombs, bullets. They don't check ID before they go and kill you. And there's a better chance for a land war in Europe when there's a war in Ukraine. There already is a war in Europe, but there's a better chance for a a NATO ally to become involved in a war in Europe when there's a war going on. Right. So who knows what the next president will have to do regarding Putin. Mm. But without a doubt, Donald Trump will not have the proper foreign policy to be able to deal with Vlad because all he's going to do, as we saw in the past, is kowtow to him and call him a a stable genius Mm. Mm. and uh, support whatever he does. In Europe, which is just absolutely horrendous to even think that that's going to happen. And it's very possible. That's part of his foreign policy. The timing is very interesting. You know, you can't ignore it. Uh, president, the former president is on TV saying that the current president can't handle Putin uh, mm. while in, you know, while there's actual military action happening in NATO allied countries. It's it's a mess, you know, and it, it's a very complicated mess. But I feel like Trump especially feels that and he knows that and that's why he pushes those buttons that's why we have people saying would you when when asked would you rather go for biden or would you rather go for putin they say putin because he knows he he feels that distrust it's right. bad shit but yeah no i mean it reminds me of what republicans are saying earlier this year when russia went into ukraine right we had everyone being hands off right your your uh, marshall uh cawthorns uh, those fellows, MTG, yeah. everyone was kind of like, you Madison know what? Cawthorn, Madison yeah. Cawthorn, yeah. And even my new senator-elect, J.D. Vance, uh, a one of Trump's only candidates that got through mm-hmm. in, in his Senate race, saying that he doesn't care what happens in Ukraine. He's not concerned about it. So you have now elected right. Republicans sympathizing with Putin. And it's very interesting. I agree with you, Fernando. The interesting timing of, again, uh, Trump going out there and saying, only I know how to handle Putin. This is similar to what he said in 2016. I alone can fix it. And it seems like he's trying to lean on mm-hmm. his relationship with Putin as some sort of positive now that he's trying to run for the presidency again during war times. The Trump wing of the Republican Party, much like when a person who has a bunch of dogs and then the dogs start having sex with each other and they look and someone says, oh, stop those dogs from having sex with each other. And then the mega wing of the Republican Party says, ah, just let him finish. (laughs) Because that's exactly what they're letting. Can I finish? That's exactly what they're letting Putin do is allowing him to finish, which is uh, going to end up fucking the entire country of Ukraine and the entire region that is Europe. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Let's move on. Just lastly, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, all right. So what are we thankful for? There is one. I got to be I got to give some sour grapes here. Just as it's an expensive Thanksgiving. Oh, there's a new study that's come out. The survey was released this past week. Apparently, the holiday meal for uh, 10 people is $64 up from $53 Ooh. uh last year. So, mm. that's up 30 that's that's pretty expensive. It's the most expensive Thanksgiving dinner in 37 years according to the Bureau's holiday survey. Ooh. General inflation is the reason why and of obviously cost of goods with the high gas prices, it all adds up. For example, a 14 ounce bag of cubed stuffing mix it's up 69%. That's a lot. Nice. It is a lot. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> a half pound of frozen peas, that's up 23%. Dinner rolls, 22%. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully everyone out there uh, can get together with friends and family and be able to afford it. But, you know, people are suffering out there. Mm -hmm. And we do have to remember that on this Thanksgiving. But, of course, there's also... A lot to be thankful for. So, Travis, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm thankful for so many things, uh, Benjamin. There was some good news out of this political year. I believe the Democrats barely holding on in the Senate is good news uh, for your moderate, your independent Americans who didn't want things to go too off the rails if the Republicans took both chambers of government there in the Congress. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, am also thankful that we have more elected female governors now than ever. Yes, you have your Kay Ivies and your Christy Gnomes, but I think this is a good step forward uh, into the future. And we have our first Gen Z elected to Congress, Max Frost. I think that's a good sign that Gen Z, again, like we covered in these midterms, they really showed up Voter turnout was higher for that age group of 18 to 29 than it has been in other mm. recent midterm elections, especially midterms where a lot of people don't bother to show up. So I think all of that's good. I also uh, want to give shout outs to fans. But if you guys want to jump in, please, uh, any other good news from this political year as we start to go home and prepare to have to talk to our families again? Mm. I'm sure you guys also have some things that you can be yep. thankful for politically sounding like a real beta Irvine. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for all the Gen Z voters. I'm thankful that they all understood how important it is that their opinion be heard, how important it is that they be, uh, you know, that they exercise their right as an American citizen. And thanks to their voting, we are seeing good. We didn't completely lose the Senate. We, you know, the house got a little bit, what happened, but it's a good thing. I don't trust him one bit. All right. Well, I am thankful. Number one, I'm not thankful for one thing. Chuck Grassley is still alive. Mm. And I made we my prediction that he was going to die. We still got a month, got a month, month. and a half here. I know, but I, I'm gonna be, if he dies this week, I'm going to be thankful for that because <laughs> he, I got to live up to this prediction. I'm thankful for all the people we met on the road this year. It was a fantastic time traveling, going to Europe, all over the country. Everyone is awesome, very sweet. All the shots that were taken, all the good conversations that were had. And I'm thankful that the show is continuing to grow. Do uh, as much as we can to bring some sanity back to this world. I'm also thankful that none of my friends have died this year. Oh, Isn't that nice? Yes, that is very nice. Yes. We, we also have a month and a half for that. So, so. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, not yet anyway. 
Right, right. <laughs> not, not yet. And I'm thankful for Jerry and, and thankful for Jerry and Puffin as well. Mm. Uh, so that's good. Those are dogs. Yeah. I'm going to also throw out shout outs to the fans, especially all the fans who came to live shows when I was doing stand up there in Denver and Boulder. It's always fun. Even when uh, they show up to the shows and they don't know that I'm going to be there. Uh, they're always so nice to talk after and say that they love listening to Top Hat and they love what we're doing on the show. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out. I mentioned I was just in Youngstown, Ohio. I want to give a shout out to Casey at Westside Bowl and their mm. owner, Nate. They're big fans of the pod and they're doing a lot of cool things there. You know, we always kind of talk about Rust Belt and how the economic times have yeah. changed. And Youngstown, Ohio is certainly a city that's feeling that. But you have these cool younger folks kind of building up local scenes, buying old uh, factories or old schools in this case a bowling alley and turning it into a cultural yeah. hub for the city and that's really you know it gets back to some of the Love stuff it. we always talk about ben about running for local office but if you can't run for local office just do what you can to improve the community that you live in especially yes. if you love it mm -hmm. and you want to stand up for it sometimes just giving artists a place to show their art is very, very good. So congrats to Casey and Nate and all the stuff they're doing Absolutely. at Westside Bowl. And whatever those mob guys say about DeSantis and Fifth Avenue and Trump, it doesn't matter down at the bowling alley because the young kids are there just to have a good time and make their yeah. city a better place. I want to thank, when it comes to bowling alleys, the bumper lane. Good. Ooh. If you get a little intoxicated, <laughs> your ball never goes into the gutter. Also on an international front, it's brutal what's happening in Iran right now. But Ugh. I think people are, obviously, they know what's going on. There are some people who are literally risking their lives to try to get some kind of de democratic change. Um, the stories have been horrific. I don't know if you guys saw the ones about female prisoners who were virgins, who then before executions, someone would rape them so that oh, they, they don't go to heaven. Uh, it's just disgusting what's happening right there. And mm -hmm. I hope that inter the international world really does look at the people in charge in Iran, in places like Russia, you know, Erdogan in Turkey. I really think that as we saw the pendulum change towards totalitarianism in 2015, 2016, and flirting with fascism, I really think, as we saw in this past election, people want democracy. We have to have faith in our democratic process. It's not perfect, mm. but it's the best we got. Someone mm. real smart said that. I think it was Churchill or some shit <laughs> where it's like, yeah, democracy sucks, but it's just better than everything else that sucks. Right. And I, that, that's the that best is, we can do. We will fight them beings. on the beaches. The democracy. We will fight them in the air. The Nazis. Hey, that's my Churchill. I drink yeah. enough scotch. I sound just like Churchill. <laughs> yeah, you really do. And of course, Churchill, don't forget, he never he never skipped his 3 p.m. nap. Right, because he was already drunk. So he really understands what it's like. Yeah, he really understands. So anyway, do you hear the people saying this is the last opera in the political life of Donald Trump? What will happen as he uh, continues to make this drama sadder and sadder and sadder? But there's a lot to be thankful for. Mm. We'll keep on fighting. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Another thing to be thankful for, because you did mention uh, Iran, the World Cup is coming up. And it's going to start next week. And everyone who is an international soccer fan or an international political relations fan, usually these things take center stage at the World Cup, just like when Vladimir Putin hosted the World Cup yeah. in 2018 and put that country on the center stage. Don't forget, Russia is now their team was kicked out of the World Cup. 
So there's no Russian presence. Uh, international yeah. politics always takes stage at the World Cup as well. And I do mm-hmm. believe you're going to see some statements against what is happening in Iran, specifically the barbarianism of that country's political leaders. So uh, check out the World Cup. Enjoy the soccer. Stay for the soccer, but uh, stick around for the international political relations statements. Well, and of course, when it comes to Saudi Arabia, there's a whole nother thing when it comes to women and gay Uh, folks, anyone who's against the regime. Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, they uh, people who are gay are being put in solitary confinement and uh, they're being told don't be gay uh, to the world in the in the in front of the world community. Mm. Uh, It's going to be an interesting time. Uh, Anyone again, the Qatari government is really cracking down on. Anyone who has anything negative to say about them, whether their orientation, whatever, it's all it's going to be nasty. But I'm mm. um, um, one thing straight, two things gay. Playing an intro of your walk in for is that's pretty gay. Of course. You know, just, <laughs> that's I just want to I just want to say that yeah, Saudi Arabia yeah, yes, should put indeed. that uh, Saudi Arabia should put that Trump intro into solitary confinement. Oh, my goodness. Uh, also, Fernando, you brought a story up to our attention that you are thankful for what's going on right now with the uh, Cherokee Nation. Is I, this a good story? It's a great story. So uh, it, nearly two centuries ago, the U.S. government promised the Cherokee people a seat in Congress and for in exchange for their homelands. You know, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. It's been 200 years. But now the promise has come one step closer to being fulfilled because uh, there's a rules house committee that's going to let Cherokee leaders speak in Oklahoma. And so there's the possibility that they'll have a place at the chairs of the American Congress. That would be absolutely fantastic. That treaty was the 1835 Treaty of New Echota. All right. Hopefully we can continue to make progress. I have another thing to be thankful for. Okay. And that is that the holiday season is coming up. That's right. We can switch our political brains kind of off the elections just for like 30 days Mm. and enjoy the holidays. And of course, that means I get to start talking about Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark again. (laughs) Check out the number one new comedy in America during the pandemic 2020 because there are no other new comedies in America in the pandemic of 2020. (laughs) Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, a new Christmas tradition featuring your favorite LPN people, Jackie Zabrowski, Ed Larson, even Ben Kissel has a audio cameo folks yep not good enough to be on camera well you were very busy that year as i recall and that was the best Mm -hmm. we could get from you but obviously it's a lot of fun it gets dumber and better every year that's what people tell me so just type in killer raccoons 2 in your streaming device i guarantee it's the first thing that'll pop up and when it comes to politics and Santa Claus, keep him away. Santa Claus can be any race. He can be any, uh, well, I, whatever. But the thing that he must be is fat. Krampus I'm, is a goat. Mm. I'm sick of this, I'm, but I'm, they're trying to push a thin Santa. Oh. This is my Megyn Kelly stance. Oh. Santa's fat. <laughs> okay. I don't care about anything else. Okay. But he's got to be fat because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> His slaves do everything. Right. All right, a.k.a. Right. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.